On behalf of a wholeness podcast and the Yoga Barber, we would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians on the land in which this podcast is being recorded, the Gunai Kurnai Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past, present and emerging, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders. Welcome to a wholeness podcast. A healthy home for hair professionals and our clients. I'm your host, Fliss Downs, aka The Yoga Barber. Come on in. Happy hump day, you beautiful beings. How are you going? If you tuned in to last week's episode, you would have heard Jack and I talk about Earl. And you may have been thinking... Who the heck is Elle? Well, I am so thrilled to bring this inspiring episode to you where I get to chat with Elle. He's not just a hair professional. He's an artist, an educator, a hat maker, men's retreat facilitator, designer and so much more. I can't wait for you to dive into this conversation where Earl and I talk about our training background, having multiple passions and interests, and how Earl follows his heart and makes his own lane leading through with truth and authenticity. We touch on the topic of masculine and feminine toxicity and how words can be a spell. Keep listening to feel connected. I guarantee you'll learn something, you'll resonate with something, or you'll just simply enjoy our chat. Oh. Oh, hello. How are you? Good. I'm driving home. So thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I see you wearing one of your hats. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. It's amazing. Yeah, it's, I've um, had a little look into what you've been doing with the hats and everything. How on earth did you get into that? Oh, man. I just like, I definitely just notice now that I'm older that I just fall into things. And so that's how I fell into hair. But, I mean, that's how I got into hair. I fell into it. But, yeah, I finally said I'm ordering two of these hats and specifically to burn and, like, customize myself. Yeah. And then I tagged the company in it, which is local to Utah, the Two Roads Company, and they liked it. And then we became partners. Then another guy, another brother out here is like, whoa, I like your hats. Do you sell them? I'm like, now I do. (laughs) And so I ordered and sold him two hats and then posted those and then it's just been a snowball and i took it to convergence seven with sacred sons yeah it turned into like from hats to crowns how the men started feeling when they put them on and now i have a collaboration i just did two different looks for sacred sons and it's on their page in their store and yeah it just turned into crown and sage now I have my old logo and it just turned into things. It just turned into something. Yeah, it's just, I love, love, love it. And the personalization of the hats as well. I've just yeah. seen one of your most recent posts that you put up. I can't remember the lady's name, but I think it was the post where she jumps on her bed with a box and then she opens it up and it says, yeah. I am strong, I am love and yeah. just beautiful. You know, you can so tell that that's personalized to that person. Yeah. Yeah, that's the whole thing that came about is there's customization, at least in my world or my lens, there's customization, but you could customize a hundred of them 
but like personalized, customized, a one-off is where I like to be. And so it's more personalized mm. as a custom. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of how I do it. And it just evolves though too. Like this hat, I'm making a series. I have a black one that's kind of similar with the holes and the threading and the gemstones or like crystals or whatever. But this one's like the Sage Wolf, which is my name, but it's the stage of your journey and you're turning into your, you're tapping more into your higher self, the stage of you, of your journey. Beautiful. And then I have the black one, it's black and gold and it's the, the shadow wolf. And it's like the beginning of your journey to appreciate all of you. So I'm learning to make these custom pieces that are people wanting and I'm able to reproduce them. So I have personalized and I have these like ones that are just coming through that people are enjoying as well. So yeah, it's a whole half thing. It's so wow. much that I've stepped from behind the chair. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I mean, I've got, yeah. I've got so many questions just from you even going through that. I mean, when somebody's approached yeah. you about just their own individual hat, do you actually have a discussion about maybe, for instance, their life story and the reasoning behind why they're wanting a hat? Do you dive into a bit more of a personalized story from that person for you to be able to create a personalized hat? Yeah, no, yeah, definitely starts with the conversation. And I was just telling my partner, my wife, the cool thing that's coming up is there's a handful of my people that are wanting a hat say, I've been looking for you my whole life, or I've been looking for you for so long now. I've been wanting a custom hat for so long. Yeah. And it turns into even more mind-blowing once they receive it because... It's so much theirs. It's not just, oh, cool, we'll put a little Louis Vuitton or some Gucci on it and then a feather and burn it a little bit. And there's custom, their spirit animal or their totem or whatever is coming up and it's kind of an edge for them. They put on the crown and then it feels like, oh, I could conquer anything. There's so many ways to make this crown Mm. theirs and it's all in the conversation and how deep they want to go with me. Yeah. And sometimes there's one time it's, there's been a process like where, oh, why is that showing up for you? How is that look working for you? Yada, yada. So like facilitation kind of gets into these conversations. It's open, you know, and and we go as deep as they want to go. And so as far as texting, some of my brothers that I know have already done the work or just where they're at and it just feels right, they'll just text me, what's showing up for me now is eagles, bees, and a triangle. And then I go from there. Wow. And I put that on their hat. Yeah. You know, so yeah, we definitely tap in on a personal level, depending on how deep you want to go with the hat or the crown. And yeah, then all the logistics are in that conversation too like your hat size and what shape and color you want all that stuff wow sir oh my goodness so okay you were talking about the warrior side and things i know i was talking to jack this week and he mentioned about through sacred sons they look at i think four archetypes you've got warrior king lover and what's the other one l magician magician so did you take some of your inspiration from that through to crown and sage i think yeah of course the inspiration comes from like iron john 
and the lover king warrior magician or whatever that is the title of the book but it also comes from direct message or when i get into this hat and i get into the flow state of the hat i legit feel these people i feel like is what sets me apart mm. and like if i was to make you a crown just even in this conversation i have this i feel like i have a instrument to like connection and networking and gathering people i've just always been that person and reading people and feeling them deeply mm. that a conversation turns into a vision of what you would like i mean almost like when you're cutting a hair it's not just the face shape it's a lifestyle it's what they do you know yeah. what looks good on them not even just aesthetically but spiritually or like mm. how, how they rock it yeah, yeah. i saw so yeah i, I definitely oh sorry no go on no i was gonna say too truth is truth so if i get that direct message even if it came from a book or sacred sons the warrior is in that hat and in that person so mm. just staying tapped in and aware or yeah, just knowing that that's them. I feel like truth is just in and all of us. And so it just comes out if you witness it or just aware of it. That's what I want to say. I love it. Awareness is such an important thing because without awareness, we can't become conscious, right? Right. I saw, because I've been doing a bit of stalking on you. I saw yeah. you write one sentence in one of your posts and you said that you see yourself as a hair artist, not a Cosmo stylist or barber. And I just, I love the words that you use there in terms of like Cosmo stylist or barber, because straight away, sort of when we talk about ourselves being in the hair industry, it's either we're a barber or a hairdresser, right? And not many of us in the hair industry class ourselves as a hair artist, but we actually are because we're constantly creating with hair. Anything where we can be creative and expressive is a form of art. So I'd love to know a little bit about your journey within the barbering. And you said earlier on that you got into things later on in life. So when did you find barbering and how long have you been in the industry now? Oh, yeah, that's that's a long question. That's another call session, podcast or whatever. <laughs> I could briefly, I could debrief you guys. Come on, debrief. Yeah, that's a debrief. Yeah, so I always kind of knew I was an artist. But I just don't feel like, oh, I thought out of the box or I just different. And I just knew I was, like, I just knew I love the sweet spot is knowing that I'm doing me. I'm authentic. So it's not really out of the box. I just tapped, like, I just always knew it was me. This was me. This is what I'm, oh, this feels good. Oh, this doesn't feel good. Mm. And whatever it looks like to other people, it may look like, you know, a barber or a stylist or a hat designer, a fashion designer, or a black man walking into a room. But I don't, consider I just do like what as much as I like to be authentic is where I go and so to sum that all up I you know in high school I was the basketball player in Southern California and Temecula California at a high school and I was bred to be in the league I was supposed to go play college and yada yada my senior year just turned into you know, I got a little bit of senioritis, but then things with my dad and life happened and I just mm. stopped playing. And after that, I just was like, I don't know. All I know is basketball and football and all these sports. But yeah. I always loved art and music. 
So when I asked my young 17-year-old self the biggest question I, I think I've ever asked myself is like, what do I, what do I want to do now? Like, what am I going to be? Um, I didn't know the answer. I just kind of, that's when I think I started filling into, oh, I'm going to go here. I'm going to do this. This is me. This feels good. And mm. I ended up doing hair. I landed in hair. I mean, I tried other things. Like I did a couple semesters of fashion design. Okay. Because I was like, oh, I like fashion. Cool. But it didn't really work out because I didn't pattern making and costume design and all this stuff like was not <laughs> like really what I was about. You know, <laughs> I just liked fashion and I wasn't really good at sewing and, you know, and I tried two semesters and I just finally, and it was kind of devastating because I'm like, oh, I thought I was fashion. Sure. But the next thing was hair. And I went into this salon called Bedheads and they would give me dreads. And this is when I was living out of my car, trying to find myself. Yeah. I still could have lived with my parents. I just was like finding myself. Sure. So that was your late teenage um, years. At 19. Yeah, I was mm. 19, 20, 21. It was yeah. just... And so from getting my hair done, getting my dreads done at Bedheads to becoming the receptionist, to becoming a hairstylist, they were the influencing team and family to get me into hair to understand hair as art and so I've always just looked at it as I'm an artist and 17 years in the game more than half of the time I was a Cosmo I did men's haircutting too but I just I knew I'd get bored quick if mm. I just did like fading and like short hair sure so I challenged myself doing like colors and perms and just chemical services and yeah. all of it. So, yeah. So I was a Cosmo for like ha more than half of it. And then teaching at Paul Mitchell's and different schools, Paul Mitchell was opening their barbering mm -hmm. uh, program and they didn't really have barber instructors. And so they kind of threw me over there to help open it and or help run start it. Yeah. And so I was like, whoa, I actually do like barbering. So that was like, so nine years then I stepped in heavenly to like barbering for nine years. So I essentially became a barber. Wow. <laughs> and just elaborate on what you mean by Cosmo. What exactly is a Cosmo? So cosmetology is just pretty much chemical, like cut colors and just more long women's hair. I mean, under the license in America, you can cut men's hair, shorter hair, pixies and stuff but they separate it with barber and cosmetology. But so cosmetology, you could do just pretty much women's hair. So full on ombres, highlight, full colors, perms, and then women's hair cutting. And so yeah, that's the Cosmo side of it. Okay, yeah. that's in, it's interesting because in the UK, which is where I'm from and here in Australia where I now live, that's not a term that we use. So I think it's, yeah, it's a really good thing to know that that's a terminology that you guys use over in the US. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's spread out throughout the US. That's how they kind of divide us. Also, a lot of my training was very attractive to the UK or European cutting still to this day. Mm. So like Sassoon and Tony and Guy was my training that I understudied. So it's very like, bobs and fine lines and very precision particularness in the precision yeah. and the 
in the cutting and the, and the placements and stuff. So definitely that's mm. more up my alley still to yeah. this day. I love that. Yeah. Stuff, but, Do you know yeah. what? It's interesting that you say that because coming from the UK oh. and being trained as a hairstylist when I was 16 to 18 and then through that, I also cut men's hair too. So I've cut men's hair throughout my whole career. And then it was only until five yeah, years same. ago that I actually like stepped in and I was like, I am a barber. I cut short hair and, and I do beards and it's interesting that you say about the you're liking you like the UK style of training because that's my to me that's my background that's my <laughs> I want to say yeah. heritage right and it's my foundation yeah and heritage. I absolutely love precision cutting and the way that I was trained was very clear sections making sure you see yep. your line you know very much about the yeah. bobs back then so for me yeah. that's that's my love of cutting it's the precision side it's anything from a bob shorter I'm like yes you know of course I cut longer hair and I do and I can but that's not where my sort of let's say no, that it, longer hair isn't what I love to do. It's the shorter hair that I love to do. And same with sort of the creativity yeah. side in, let's say, when we're thinking about doing creative work where we're doing, for instance, a astrometric or we're literally just slicing through yeah. the hair to get loads of texture and it's there's no precision, there's no definedness of that haircut. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's amazing at how through my travels I've had so many people say to me some of the best hairstylists and some of the best barbers come from the UK yeah it, it also depends on where you live and how you like and how you like doing hair or wearing hair also the vision or the lens you look at because I was super precision using the 4.5 scissors very like detailed also working for a scissor company and traveling and teaching for them, going to different salons and states and stuff, I found that it was fun to relearn cutting even when I was teaching and having this, this shattered shape versus like a precision shape or like interior layering and taking away all that weight by just freehanding. And it was a whole nother world, even though I knew it and I did it, I just didn't do it behind a chair as much mm -hmm. that it got, to where it changed me at least like back in the day it was like oh you're a precision cutter oh you're freehand or you do this uh, and it was just very like lane oriented yeah very structured <laughs> but, it's either you're this or you're I, that it's uh, i feel like it's a little more obvious out here it's you either a cut specialist or a color specialist or whatever and then so somebody's a stylist would cut your hair so in the east coast back in the day it's still kind of that way like New York, if you wanted your hair cut and colored, you would go to a specific specialist to get your hair cut, and then you'd go to another specialist to get your hair colored. And it was very divided. Now I feel like it's a little more open, and we have more bandwidth or capacity in our brain, I guess, or in our skill set to learn both, I guess. Yes. I don't know. It just was fun to like break into another world and be able to take heed to it and and then spew it back out and educate people with like this newness of hair and now i'm to the point where i'm not even working behind the chair now i'm just teaching and doing the hats and it's just like 
it's always evolving and always different. That's coming back to what we were talking. I just love being an artist and making that a thing, like my own thing, authentically. Nice. I think you're describing to me sort of a way of going you know what we can sort of choose a direction in the industry whether we want to be a colorist whether we want to be a cutting specialist or whether we want to be this type of cutter that type of cutter but really when it comes to it as a stylist as a hair artist to have as much skills and knowledge as possible is key and then you can rein that into something that you're needing at one given time depending on what client you've got or depending on what group of students you've got, you then alter all your knowledge and put that into the order that's needed to be put into order specifically for that client or specifically for that student and that class. Yeah. And that's like where I'm at now is imagine if I just became a barber, I would be a pretty kick-ass barber, but that's the only thing I would be kick-ass at. And I'm not saying like a jack of all trades, not a, master at none i'm not saying all that i'm just saying like exactly kind of what you just said is don't limit yourself and then you learn as much as you can and then go into the direction of what is more authentic to you and more natural and organic for you to move if i didn't pick up that wood burning pin and a hat i wouldn't be in the position i am now or you know what i mean like i just always loved the artist part of just doing whatever the fuck you want to do as an artist like and even in hair or a certain type of artistry you're stuck into that I'm like why do I I don't want to do that yeah <laughs> I, I like things I like doing stuff and I don't even have to get paid for it I just like doing it mm. so that's like my whole thing is I'm just going to go in the direction that my heart leads me. And if I get paid, cool. If I don't, I get paid actually in a different exchange. I do have mouse to feed though, but yeah. Anyways. Multi-potentialite, multi-passionate. That's what we are known as, you know? And I really vibe with you in terms of just following your heart and getting stuck into whatever you're vibing with and whatever you're interested in. And it seems you do, like myself, have multiple passions. And I just can't help myself sometimes, yeah. Elle. I pick up one thing, I'm like, oh, this yeah, is cool. Yeah. Like, I get stuck into that. And then maybe like a month later, something else comes up. I'm like, oh, something else I can incorporate. And sometimes I find myself, I've got so many things on my plate and I've got so many plates spinning that I then don't end up doing anything because I've got too much on my plate. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's a certain type of artist that I'm one of those as well. <laughs> oh, good. Yes, join the club. We're in the club together. We're in the club together, L. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Amazing. And also, knowing that you mentioned about the Sacred Sons, and that's sort of how yourself and Jack got connected, how long have you been yeah. in that in that space for? Because I know that you're a facilitator for men's work as well, aren't you? Yes. Yeah. I, yeah, I have been with him 2019, like online and checking them out and conversing with them. But my first personal, tangible, in-person event was in 2020. So I've just been with him ever since. I've been rocking with him ever since. And then now I've just been going through their trainings, doing a men's, leading men's group here locally and yeah again being a creative like i can facilitate and i will and i'll go where 
my heart takes me. Um, that plays into this world too, where I don't need a team and facilitate and have a group. I, I like one-on-ones or I like taking the men that have been doing the work as they're shedding and finding themselves. My whole thing I'm putting together now is I would love to ha- help them integrate their creative and their play and their child into this work as well. So that's a new thing for me mm-hmm. that I'm kind of feeling tapped into and cultivating a way how to, I have it all in here. It's just making it in modules and a program and, <laughs> or how I could give it back like a curriculum, you know, like yeah. how I can give this back to you guys, how I did this. And so, yeah, like I facilitate, been with the sons for a minute. And even when I'm in the sons, they're like, yeah, Earl, come over here. Hey, Sage Wolf, come over here. Yeah, do this. And like, I just, this creative person to just like yes I'll do this I'll do that like kind of a a shapeshifter in in that (laughs) space but it's been fun like I'm getting yeah like I said I'm getting to the point where I'm kind of curating like my own lane based on my own heart leading my truth leading and my authenticity leading Mm -hmm. yeah and so in terms of sort of getting into involved with the sons how did you yourself start going down the track of men's work and breath work and listening to your heart and everything like where did that come from for you was that from a young age where you sort of traveling alone in your car and finding your feet at 17 18 19 oh that would be cool i think it started there but i don't like the men's work didn't start there just like the the point of realizing what life really was and okay i gotta change my life i have to have a like a career and like all that stuff so my natural state of mind was oh go live in a car so i think it all started there but through trial and error in life and girlfriends friends and betrayal and joys and love and moving from southern california to utah having kids i think it's been like eight or nine years ago i truly started diving into self-awareness and I went into a program out here called Impact Training, really deep diving into this conscious world. And Mm. it's so cliche to say these words in my head, in my story right now, say, you know, conscious awakening and all this stuff. But that's what I was doing for myself. And then I met my partner who definitely told me really how to embody a lot of the stuff I was pretending like holding crystals wearing malas all this (laughs) stuff that like was cool and it drew her in but I wasn't really like embodying it so there's like some hardship in our relationship that but with us doing the work knowing that these are mirrors Mm. that we've like come on to the other side of like whoa and then that man's work came through wow like when I say like 19 I think it's like 2019 but it really started with me being jealous because I was like well my wife's going to these red tent ceremonies and the crones ceremony archetypes and all these cool little things with women gatherings Mm -hmm. and women's circles and I'm hanging out with the kids and it's like wait where's the guys at like yeah and this was like 2017 where there was there was no men's circles Mm -hmm. like really popping up Mm. and so I think there was like it all started with the women gathering all the way back to our ancestors and stuff yeah. to, again, 
not too long ago, you know, five, ten years ago, women recircling up again to bring the men into home. But the men are calling for, I was calling forth a tribe or yeah. men. And that's when I stumbled across the Sacred Sons. Mm -hmm. And then to push me into it was my wife and our relationship and how I was showing up and how I wanted to show up mm -hmm. and the difference between the two. And that there's a little saying, unsaying saying in men's groups or in this where I've been in experience. It's pretty much any man that's in this circle or here today was brought to you by a woman, either a cousin, a sister, a friend, a mom, or a wife or a beloved or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like the women that bring us to this space only if you're humbled enough to go there mm -hmm. so it was mainly my wife inspired me and pushing me to get there and still to this day she, she's that whole thing she's always right she's had this ego about like no and it's not that she's always right like the sky is blue it's like she just has like women have this innate knowing of how, what's fucking going on and i'm just like how do you do this i, I want it but it's I'm a man, so it's not. Yeah. No, <laughs> I have my different superpower. That you do. That you've explained that so beautifully, Earl. And I really do feel that men are starting to tune into their feminine side as time's going on and yeah. men's men's work's coming out, men's circles are coming out. Because without either side of the masculine and the feminine we, we can't just be one. We've got to be both. And at some times, the masculine's going to overtake the feminine and sometimes the feminine's going to overtake the masculine. And it's just beautiful to start really seeing that the work is being done by both parties, by, by the feminine side, by the masculine side, yeah. and finding the balance of both of them for us to step into our authentic self and tune into the way that we're feeling and the way that we're showing up how we can take on responsibilities and it's just yeah I mean that's one thing that when I'm reached out to Jack and Jack and I started chatting and he started telling me about the men's work and pointing me in your direction because I personally do want to also support men's work and men's well-being as well because I think it's so important that men are cherished that men are nurtured not by just other men but by us women too because without the nurturing we can't allow guys to actually step into being vulnerable and starting to break down all the heavy weight that's being put on you guys for generations i think it's beautiful that you've managed to find that space and, and find that relationship with your wife where she's encouraged you and sort of pushed you forward to step into that because I should imagine well I can only imagine that at points it would have been potentially a bit scary for you stepping into an area that you might not have stepped into before yeah it's still scary but I understand the aftermath now of what my edge is and it's like what David Data says know your edge and don't fake it and that's one of the antidotes I feel like to this work is you can't fake what's real and what's your real fear because mm. it's just going to keep coming up until you move through it, you know? So that's a big part of it too. Also, I feel like what you're speaking on 
the masculine and feminine, I really was part of my journey was like really, oh, I got to tap into my feminine. And so I started moving my hips more, doing more like feminine things, which really did catapult me to wow. where I am today. Uh -huh. But I also now realize that the feminine in you and in my wife is way different than the feminine in me. Mm. It, it just ha has like an overtone of a masculine. And then your masculine is way different than my masculine. It just has, it has the overtone of the feminine. So there's not, it's not necessarily the, the swaying of the hips and the painting of, you know, the nails and like men growing their hair out and doing all like it, that it's not, that's mm. the feminine. The feminine is knowing your aura in your solar plex where creation happens, knowing where your seed is being put, you know, and creating and how you're creating and how you're holding that or moving it and how you're showing up in empathy and in love. That's our feminine, mm. you know, at, at least from my experience in my, my relationship and my education and seeing other men grow into their power too. It's not necessarily. And so I saw the pendulum swing this way with men being very, woo, yeah. you know, which some men are like that but it was just swung way over here even myself yeah to like now we're like what you're saying now i feel like we're understanding more we're becoming more aware of or more tapped in as a collective yeah you know to like masculine and feminine mm -hmm. like getting rid of toxic masculinity like that's not really it's just a wounded like we're yeah. all wounded mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. even in this space women have a template just like a man has a template that was handed to us like the lone wolf women in some cases just have been handed this template that they don't even understand or even are aware that they're demasculating a man yeah. in certain situations because it's just what's been given to us both ways so when you're sitting there saying oh you're a toxic masculine blah blah blah, blah, blah but there's there's we're all wounding and wounded and we're healing and we're going deep if we choose so. And it's, there's nothing toxic about it. The actual situations and maybe what we show up and how we do things and our choices, those aren't even toxic. They obviously just don't work mm. and they are hurtful and things suck in my journey and understanding the next level up is around the corner because of the understanding of that balance of masculine and feminine and understanding that it's not like necessarily growing my hair out, which all those things aren't not in alignment for some men. It's a good space for a lot of men to play with and be with. Mm. Just for me, I just am noticing this in the space of these men groups I've been involved with. It's more as we're doing the work, understanding layer by layer like oh this is what it is oh this is what it is oh the pillar of my physical body needs to be or is asking or aligning to be called in and like eating healthier and working out or working in a space where my body moves how it's supposed to move like body mechanics or it's just as potent knowing that as knowing the balance of the masculine and feminine so that's all i'm saying is it just it's the next stepping stone for me to know my presence when it needs to be masculine and to hold that space in the middle of the storm mm -hmm. versus I want to be the storm. <laughs> and it's time for me to get it a little crazy and like 
but that's in the space in the container of my men, you know, because it's just knowing that is a big step for me. Yeah. And what I get to talk about with other men. Mm. Mm. That's beautiful. Yeah. And you mentioned about, I know that you said the words masculine toxicity, but I also, I also feel and believe that there can be also feminine toxicity as well. It can be on both sides and yeah. how as a community and as a collective, how do we battle both sides of that? I mean, from being within the, the men's work, how do you feel like you've tackled masculine toxicity as a collective, as a group? How have you battled that? And do you feel like that's the way that you guys have dealt with it or are dealing with it? Do you feel like that can transcend over to feminine toxicity? Yeah, like I was saying earlier, I think it's looking at the lens a different way or recalibrating how you say it because words are spells, hence the word spelling and put it like affirmation. All this stuff is, if you believe it or not, it happens because these this car I'm driving in was once a thought, you know, like it's just like you really have to like at one point be like, all right, there's God's source and there's creation there's this at one point the realization is there for that person and if not it's still happening mm-hmm. so with that being said i think what helped me it wasn't really me battling another my wife or another feminine it was the battle in myself mm-hmm. so once we take that and bring it in and reel it in and reel it in and reel it in is where we understand the changing of the verbiage or changing of how it really sounds or what it really it's it's in so and then you go outside of that a little bit and it's the masculine toxicity or the feminine toxicity is more like i was saying it's the templates like Mm -hmm. it's a story or the things that have been handed to you in a way of like this could be handed to a woman this way and this way Mm -hmm. And the toxicity is wrapped up in that word, but it's not, it's different stories. You're just reacting in anger or in fight or flight. Mm -hmm. So it just gets all in these little compartments when it's really, you just go inward. That's what I found. So whatever my wife's dealing with, I'm there to support her as much as I can. Mm. And then the rest is her shit. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like vice versa. Mm. Like if I'm showing up, and I'm not showing up and my wife calls me out, she'll just like, all right, you're just being that. And like, you, you know what you need to do with that. So you get to a certain level. Yeah. And then just being in a conscious relationship, everyone's <laughs> so funny how people want to be in a conscious relationship, uh, which is good, but it's so tough, especially for the ego. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, we've got so that's some how big I topics. think the battles of it. Right. The big topics of like, oh, let's be in a conscious relationship. Yeah, yeah we're eye gazing. Mm. Yeah. For the it's first time. It's not month. just that pretty. <laughs> it's so much harder yeah. than just gazing into one another's eyes. <laughs> yeah. Like it's gotten to a point where we, me and Shay have been together for 13 years, married eight, almost nine. Mm-hmm. And we're just barely eye gazing. That's how real it is. And we're going to start really trying to post real shit yeah. versus like, and again, us, lens, mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. inward, and what we experience doesn't mean I'm right or anyone's right. It's just 
I experience a lot of people I am inspired by on Instagram and they post and they have all these good quotes and everything, but I don't see them saying shit like, I don't eye gaze with my wife. I don't do this. I don't. That's real shit that I feel like everyone, because when it comes down to it, some of these men that are posting that have been in these men groups and settings with me, I know their stories and I'm like, bro, like, you know how potent it'd be to be just real about it? Yeah. So me and my wife are going to really, we've just been conversating about like the rawness of like a conscious relationship Mm. and me having different borderline personalities or whatever it was that showed up in my shadow Mm -hmm. versus where I am now and where I'm going. Yeah. I feel like that's a big potent thing because I don't want to be this like guy who's always quoting shit and having the subtitles and then one in red and then all in white like you could be all this stuff like in the Instagram world I want it to be real yeah and like I want to have that but also because I want to see that so I'm like oh that's something that would be real so like oh let's do conscious conversation Mm. in relationships or in like real finances my finances are scary a lot of the times (laughs) like I don't as being an artist so and I have seven people in my family. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a lot of stuff that's not being said, too. I feel like it's keeping us in this yeah. realm of conscious, what we're talking yeah. about now. I think we suppressed. could go so much further. Yep, we're so suppressed mm. in, a, in a sense right now that I feel like we could just tap in more. But, yeah, that's just me and my wife. That's why <laughs> we're married. I love it. Oh, you've just brought so much to the table here, honestly. And I just love the way that you explain things and your energy, your vibe and the direction that you're going in with whatever direction it's going in. You know, it seems to me sort of as you've been coming through life, you've been following whatever your heart's been telling you which is what you've said to us. And I'm really excited to connect further with you and unpick these little topics that we've only just scratched the surface on in this conversation because you've just brought a lot to the table and a lot to the surface that, like you say, not many people necessarily talk about. They might sort of act it out on Instagram, but is it actually really happening behind the camera as such, you know? So thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. I thought this call was going to be about ritual cutting and we didn't even talk about that. (laughs) What made you think it's going to be about ritual cutting? That's funny. I don't know. We're two barber Cosmo artists talking about other stuff. That's pretty cool. It is cool. But this is what a wholeness podcast is all about, though, is connecting with people within the hair industry, connecting with people within the health and well-being space and stepping out of the, the general zones that we would necessarily talk about right and and finding like-minded people like yourself and jack and finding resources that we can direct our clients to our friends our family such as sacred sons because there's so much education out there right and if we have that and we hold on to that we don't share it well it's just not being helpful to our community and if we want to be a collective and we want him to be as one and as whole well, we've got to start sharing and actually reaching out to one another and having these discussions and allowing people to get into the conversation too. So, yeah, my my main drive is just to, yeah, keep on yeah. connecting with like-minded people like yourself, having these discussions, whether it's about the hair industry, whether it's not. It's just a case of, yeah, bringing a bunch of awesome humans together and, 
and maybe one day all actually meeting up into one place and seeing each other in person because it's so gorgeous to be able to do this online but the other thing as we know being in an industry where we work so close one-to-one with people you can't beat the in-person experience you know yeah yeah I just wanted to say too, the reason why I brought that up as well is because I just came from a ritual haircutting. Here's my skin drum, my didgeridoo and all the good things that come in ceremony. And I was like, well, I'm fresh off of a ceremony. And and then you reminded me of this call and I was like, oh, snap, this is perfect. But this was amazing. I love the the conversation went better than I I thought it would be, even though I didn't think too much into it. I want to shout out Jack too. Shout out to him. I like that he's like, it's cool how we connected and now we're connecting and it's like, oh, I got two friends in Australia. Yeah. So what is that saying? That's, oh, it's saying <laughs> yeah, that maybe so you'll come over cool. here. <laughs> maybe we'll get yep, you exactly. over here and doing the ritual cutting because he did mention that to me and he, yeah. that's where he sort of got a bit of his inspiration from in terms of sort of going into the men's retreats and as such. So, but again, like I said, yeah. we've got so much more discussions to talk about. So ritual yeah. cuttings, another episode, here we come, right? Yep. Part two. <laughs> part two. Jack and I sort of said that we might have to do a part two podcast. <laughs> That's how it goes. I love it. I love it. Nice. Oh, well, thank you so much. Yeah. I really appreciate your time and your energy. Oh, and it's so great to connect with you. And I'm sure we'll connect soon again. Yes, for sure. All right. Thank you. You're welcome, Elle. Take care. Bye, darling. Have a good day. You too. You too. Bye. Bye. Wow, how amazing was that episode? Honestly, I had an absolute blast talking to Earl and everything through my body was just rushing with excitement, hearing what he had to share. He is such an inspiring person and he's got so much to give to not only the hair industry, but other industries as well, such as the health and well-being. And honestly, just the thought of being able to connect with somebody over in America, the way that I did with Earl and the way that we have built some form of connection so far. And hopefully that leads into a friendship where in the future we'll be able to actually meet and connect in person just blows my mind away. So anyway, my lovelies, if you found this podcast helpful, enjoyable, insightful or catchy, please do share this with fellow hair professionals, your barber or hairdresser, friend family and on your socials you can follow me on podcast platforms such as spotify and head to your socials and search at the yoga barber join me every wednesday for a wholeness podcast i'll catch you real soon peace love and light